0: So we've been broadcasts uh, throughout the world right now, live or something? No, this is definitely not live. I edit it up because I sound stupid sometimes, so
1: I take those parts out. Is that a way of saying, well, instead of saying, well, you might sound stupid sometimes, so you put it on yourself, so make me feel good or something? No, honestly, I,
0: it's just when I sound stupid that I take stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I could sound ridiculous, but, you know, you're not permitted to sound ridiculous in front of your audience is that what's going on uh yeah that's not what you call justice ah okay let's 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 go on with this thing get this business over with
0: what up b-siders happy new year let's start off 2019 with the very best of intentions goodwill positive vibes good energy and feel free to add in a couple of your own human-sized resolutions I'm starting off the new year interviewing the man that is responsible for my existence my guest is my dad Orlando Thompson and listening back I'm noticing I I inherited a little bit more than just his name I think I might even sound like him too well shit let's get it poppin this is episode 16 brought to you by some college radio welcome to the b-side This is my my father give us a give us an elevator pitch on uh, who
1: you are. I'm a human being, I'm a man, I'm a father, I'm a husband and I like to think that I'm somewhat of a model citizen uh, not, not only to my community but you know primarily to my family. Did you give your whole name? My name is Orlando V. Thompson. Where did you
0: uh, where did your name come from? People ask me that all the time they always want to know.
1: Where Orlando came from? We can start there. Let's start at the beginning. Where did Orlando come from? I think you need to ask your grandmother that question because I truly don't know the answer to that question. What about where the middle name came from? The center came, uh, it's it's sort of like a tradition within, you know, uh, my father's uh, kids that, uh, actually not necessarily all, but for the most part, his grandkids, they all carry his middle name, which is Vicente. So I kind of carried it on with my kids also.
0: And the last name?
1: Oh. Uh, the last name, to be quite frankly, I don't know where it came from. I think is my uh, my grandmother's side, my my my, my paternal uh, grandmother's side. I think it came from her her maiden name or something like that. Because mm. actually, my family name is actually Wade. We're the only group. My father kids, the only kids in the family that carries bears the, uh, the last name Thompson.
0: I always thought it was weird that Thompson was the last name. I felt like it put a, a very weird ending to our name. Because up until then, it's all like, you know, Spanish, Hispanic name. Some people would say Italian with the Vicente and stuff in Orlando.
1: But then it gets to Thompson, and that sounds very like... You find it strange that I have a an english name which is thompson and should be latino and i would say that you know i think it uh, it should be more all english than latino because uh, my paternal parents uh grandparents are from jamaica my maternal grandparent uh from uh families from barbados even though she was born in panama her mother and father was from barbados mm. you ever visited those places jamaica i have uh Barbados, I haven't, uh, but I did not go to uh, in search of my family line. I went uh, in search of a good time because it's kind of like a vacation kind of thing.
0: I went to Jamaica, and I remember jumping out the van, heading into the, um, what do you call it, heading into the hotel, and there's this guy out there, and he was like, what family are you from? As if I, as if he could see that somewhere in there I had my family was from jamaica
1: since we all come from the same roots which is which is mother africa uh, then we all have traces you know of blacks in us so if so you come off of a bus and i was a scam artist and i wanted maybe to to make some money on you or whatever then i'll find a way to break the ice and what easier way to break the ice to a tourist than to say gee where's what part of jamaica your family from you think i was getting scammed I won't say that, but if if I was in the business, I mean that would be a great line for me, <laughs> but then again, he might have seen something beyond that, so uh, i think that it would be fair if you try to find that person and interview him <laughs> and get his perspective on it. I
0: don't know if that's gonna happen. It's been quite a been a while, been a while um so oh, can you do me a favor? Explain to everybody where we are right now and where this is happening
1: we we're we're in panama panama city panama and uh the, the the area of uh this area, this particular area is called San miguelito i'm sure it was named after saint because of the San, uh a lot of places around there is named after saints and uh i've been living here for the last uh eight plus years uh, you know since i came uh, back from the from the u s after I retired, I decided to, uh, what better place than, uh, my native, uh, land to, uh, to be able to, uh, it's nice to come home and be able to relax and not have a, a whole lot of worries.
0: What did you do in the, uh, what did you do in the States? What was your job?
1: Uh, well, there was different stages. All right, you know, well, let's talk about stages. We all stage. evolved from one, <laughs> from one, <laughs> we all moved from one stage to the next. Stage one. Uh, well, stage one, I was a student, high school student. Okay. Uh. When I migrated to uh, to uh, to New York, uh, it was about a week before my 17th birthday, so I went to high school, Herasmo Senior High School. How did you get from Panama
0: to the States, and w- what was that journey like? It's very relevant these days,
1: so what was that journey like? It was quite comfortable. It was quite exciting. It was a little scary. I mean, flying for the first time, you know, a little nervousness, not the idea of not knowing uh what to really expect after hearing so much about you know a place uh not knowing what uh the kind of reception I will receive from my 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 father's you know wife and and her kids so not knowing about how things will work out in school uh so there was a lot of uh a little nervousness there was a lot of nervousness to be exact be quite frank but it it it, it all worked out you know uh how did it, it how did it come about like what why even move from here to there or what was the whole point well I was a minor and when you're a minor the point <laughs> is I tell you a pack and I tell you leave and that's what you do <laughs> so uh uh it, it wasn't my it wasn't my idea and by no means and I, no, I had no interest in traveling anywhere because I was quite fine where i was at that's that's why I, that's what was my view of it mm. but obviously uh those that were were responsible for me felt differently uh, so uh i had to embrace that and 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 move on and so i did and what kind of life were you leaving behind when you i, I was a kid The fun you know hanging out with your friends you know playing baseball, you know, I was I was into martial arts, you know, my school friends, neighborhood, uh family here. So uh, there there was uh there was some pain leaving. Uh so because I I missed those things. I missed the food, I missed the culture, you know, uh everything was uh was quite uh different it, if for someone who has not traveled into another country and uh, having to experience being in a place very unfamiliar, with a culture unfamiliar, even though the people are people, no matter where you go, but uh, the way to go about certain things, uh, the way they, they speak, the phrases that they use, even though I understood English, uh, many times when they were speaking to me I had no clue what the hell they were talking about <laughs> you know because of the phrases they was using because the the, the, the accent that was using uh yeah, I mean you you could pick anything any of the bottom. you could even add to it but you know I remember being in a classroom and walk in sit down Get up, leave when it was time to leave, and I'm like, okay, so what? What just went by me? I mean, what was that all about? You know, <laughs> I hope I didn't miss anything that that might come to haunt me later. But you know, but what do you do? You you have to survive, so you have to do what you need to do to to move on to survive. So, and it, it worked out.
0: What was life like when you got to to New York? What was the first thing you did when you got
1: to New York? Do you remember that? Yeah, I looked up, I looked down, like. I thought you are not supposed to look up. When you get to New York, you're supposed to keep your head down. I looked up, I looked down, I looked (laughs) around, like, you know, what was the big deal about this place, because I didn't see it as a big deal. When you got there, what was the
0: reception like? Like, where did you live? Um, Who did you live with?
1: What was that situation like? I was in Brooklyn. Uh, As far as on the home front, it it was It was warm. Uh, it was warm, but it wasn't home mm. uh there were some there were some uh there were some good moments there were some sad moments there were some down moments that you know I wish to hell I wasn't there uh as far as uh because most mostly because culture and, and I miss my family mm. uh, but I cannot complain because I don't see any room for complaints uh you know people are people we are who we are and we even have sometimes we even have conflicts within ourselves. did you know what your dad
0: did before you got there did you know who he was so much before my you, father
1: yeah yeah I knew him uh I knew he was uh yeah. as far as the type of person he was you know what he looked like because we had we had a relationship here in Panama right now as far as father and son living in the same house and that uh, doing activities with that that did not exist but as far as know who he is where he live uh that kind of relationship yes I, I did i did know so yes i did know him when did he move to new york uh i think he moved to new york permanently uh in the mid-60s mm-hmm. uh, exact dates i do not know mm. but i think it was in the mid-60s so what did he do there for work in new york as far as, uh, as far as making a living, he was an accountant here in Panama. He worked for the U.S. government, uh, but when uh, he went to, to the States, I, I believe he worked a, as an accountant for X amount of time, months, whatever that was. Uh, but he, it, it, based on what, what I understand, because he never really told me, he did not find making a living as an accountant suitable to him mm. uh, for whatever reason. So he decided to, uh, to sell numbers. You know, for Panama that, for
0: people that don't understand what that is, go ahead and uh, explain uh, what Panama
1: is. has a lottery system, which I think most people will understand what a lottery is, and it's based on four three sets of numbers, and each set of numbers ha- have four digits, uh, so they play the numbers once a week, so if you get the four numbers first prize. At the time, that was about, uh, I think, $1,000. Mm. Uh, second price, third price, do next because I don't know. If you get the last two digits of a number, because you could buy chance. The, the full ticket is four numbers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the chance ticket is two numbers. Mm-hmm. So if you buy a, a chance or a ticket and those two last digits play for first price, is a, was about $11 back then. Okay. What it is now, I don't know. What second price was, I think, if I remember correctly, was $3.00 and and third and third price was two dollars if, if I remember correctly, so he used to sell used to sell chance, which is for two digits and uh and if the person win, then he takes their money and hand it to him if they lose well, if he have a good a good Sunday, that means that almost no one won anything, and everything pretty much goes into his pocket, and he has times when you know they pretty much wiped him clean for that mm. particular period of time and you have to dip in his pocket. So that's what he did. Did you ever get involved in that? I never found interest in gambling, period. I'm, I'm not saying that I never gamble, right. but I never found it that interested. Uh, except, for instance, if we went to Las Vegas, I might you know, roll out some coins and pam, pam, pam. And once it's done, it's done. I'm good. Hmm. I don't have no issues with that. You know, but I was never a person to buy a lottery or anything like that you know so the first stage you said was high school second
0: stage is what what did you do after high school
1: i I joined the Marine Corps why I, I joined the marine Corps because i uh I wanted to be independent uh i did not uh, even though i I did appreciate you know my my father's opened up his home for me and his wife and all that uh I felt that I needed to make a move right after high school. And my best avenue of escape that I saw at the time, that I knew at the time because of friends and so forth, was the military. And my original intention was to join the army. That was my intention because my brother was in the army, my elder brother was in the army. So when I, when I decided to do that, I went and I asked him about it, about the different branches. And he says, well, he was emphasizing that I should join the Army because the Navy, always on a ship. You're somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and you, know, you spend too much time on ship. And the, the Air Force, I forgot what he said about the Air Force, but then when they come out to the Marine Corps, he said, oh, don't join that because you'll never make it. Because you know, I was a real small guy. Mm. I was weighing it, you but know, about 118. You know, my waist was made probably about 16 inches. So. That's kind of impossible. 16-inch waist, Dad? Trust me, I was like your wrist. I was, was, it was my wrist. I was real small. I mean, I went in the Marine Corps weighing about 118 pounds. So that was, that's small. That was small. But the point is, I was not fit to be a Marine. That that was the impression that I received from it. And I took that as a challenge. Mm. Little did he know that he was encouraging me to join the Marine Corps by telling me that, you know, <laughs> you it's not going it. to work for you, <laughs> yeah. for for A, B, and C. So, I, so after I left his house, uh. Uh, a couple of days later, I went down to the recruiter's office and said, I'd like to be a Marine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they said, okay, you know, you qualify. And uh, these are the fields that you might be qualified for. What you, Would you like to choose a field? Would you like the Marine Corps to choose a field for you? Or and when would you like to go? So I said, well, I got out of high school and. I forgot exactly when, and I'd be ready, you know, within a month. Okay. What did you decide to do? What did you want to do? Well, the options were limited for me uh, uh, because of my test scores. Okay. My test scores wasn't wasn't flying colors, so the options were like uh, truck driver, mechanic. Uh, my, my other was, was infantry, infantry-related fields, uh, baker, cook. And they may have been one or two other things. I don't remember I don't exactly. But so being in, a, being in New York, being a mechanic, I'm thinking, I'm going to be fixing trucks and stuff in the middle of the winter? <laughs> <laughs> my finger's going to freeze on me. My toe's going to freeze. Because my dad's car broke down at me one time. I remember that clearly. And my brother had to come out and rescue his butt or rescue us all right. and it was colder than cold and my brother was <laughs> blowing his fingers trying to warm himself up and my toes was freezing so I got all that flashback I said that is not going to work and I thought about infantry I said if mechanic in the cold is not going to work then infantry ain't going to work either I need a warm place tro- up <laughs> from the tropics <laughs> so the warm place for me was the galley we call it the galley in the marine corps it was the kitchen okay so i chose to be a cook
0: <laughs> how'd that work
1: out for you it worked out great actually yeah <laughs> it, it worked out great and uh i mean being being in wrinkle, i also had the opportunity to be you know to work as a interpreter as a recruiter uh, i was in food service instructor so you know i i managed facilities you know it was it was a it was to me it It wasn't an easy job, but it was a challenging job and it was a fun job. What was it like uh
0: coming to the states and then working for the states at that capacity- you're putting your life at risk for this country that's that's uh, new to you
1: uh it was fun <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, I mean the opportunity was there uh when I came in vietnam war uh was pretty much at its end, but it kind of frayed up during the Managuest affair uh, when our ship was taken, taken over. And as young, I was always pumped up, you know, ready to move on. <laughs> second, <laughs> second thoughts came after I, be, I got married, and I had kids, and I started to say, well, maybe it's not a great idea, but <laughs> I was always willing and able. And I was welcomed by, you know, by the United States uh, as far as uh, in the military, and they got something out of it. They got, they got a, they got a, they got a marine. They got a soldier. You know, somebody to stop bullets. And <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never, I never was, I never was given the opportunity to be in an active war zone. But I was always attached to a uh, to to uh, infantry or infantry uh, supported unit that support the infantry always, except right. for my last two years in the Marine Corps. So I was always exposed in that sense, right? But yet, uh, I was never given opportunity to be in an, in an actual conflict. A conflict.
0: Did you want to have kids? Is that something that you wanted? Was that something that you were like, yeah, definitely? Of
1: course, I wanted to have kids. Yeah, I always, I always wanted to have kids. I always, uh, you know, I was always dreaming about having kids. You know. Doing the things with my kids that I didn't do with my dad, so yeah, I always want—I always wanted to have a family, you know. Yeah.
0: Did it come about the time you wanted it to come, or did it come a little too
1: soon? Or I don't think it came too soon. Uh, I think it came about the right time. I. Uh, it, it it wasn't something that was forced upon me in any way, shape, or form. It went the way I thought, it it should have went. Uh, no, not knowing exactly how it should have went. <laughs> because I really didn't know, I I really didn't really enjoy the experience of being in a home with a father and a mother, anything like that, so, and I I, I wanted that. I wanted to see what it felt like, because I thought it was something beautiful, you know, so my goal was to successfully have and maintain a family, you know, until that do your part. Unfortunately, things don't always work out the way you like it to work out. My father was too busy doing other things uh you know that song about you know chasing women drinking and whatever the case might be
0: uh, what song exactly what song <laughs> exactly
1: <But laughs> what I'm trying to say is that i did not i did not grow up in a home where I could say that uh I had a father there I had a loving mother there all the time. I'm not saying that my mother did not love me what i'm what i'm what I will say is that. She was busy trying to put something on the table. She was busy trying to put a roof, keep a roof over her head. She was busy trying to put clothes on the back. So <laughs> if she was busy doing all that stuff, and it was four of us, four, four mouths to feed, right. growing mouths of feed, then there's no time for, oh, poor baby, you know, you're going to be okay. Oh, mama's home, you know, mama will cook you a nice, you know, good old, old-fashioned dinner. You know, oh, it's a holiday, so we're going to do something real, real special. You know, well, when you're working in, in 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 the quarters in quarters as a maid, mm. which my grandmother was also, those kind of luxuries are just not there. Right. And what uh, made me not see it altogether is the fact that I grew up in a in a very poor environment, as far as my neighborhood. We all were like that, pretty right. much. And some had fathers and mothers, but we all were poor. So I didn't realize I was that poor until later. Mm. I did not realize that uh, there's a whole lot more to life, you know, than to finish the sixth grade or even the twelfth grade. I did not realize the importance of having books in the home. Even when I was raising my own kids, some of those things didn't really hit me. Mm. Things didn't really, a lot of stuff did not really hit me until I started teaching. That's when a lot of stuff started hitting. That hit me. Oh, so this is why I did this, this way. Oh, so this is why this is going on. Even when I was in college, and I took black history, a few courses of black history, because I wanted to learn uh, about the 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 black experience. Right. You know, because when I came to the states, was all this stuff about uh, you know black this, black that, black power. You know, uh, f the white man, or he's a devil, or you know, working for the man. I didn't quite understand all of that, right? So, because I didn't have that experience in Panama, I'm not saying there wasn't racism in Panama, right? I'm just saying that I didn't have that same experience as a a black person in in the U.S., especially mm. a black Southerner. I mean, while in the Marine Corps, I've met a few black Southerners that did. If I didn't know what militant was all about until I actually met them, and one of them breaks down to me and says. It's like this, brother, you either with us or not or not with us. <laughs> you know, when the, when the revolution starts, you know, we just know what side it's going to be on. I said, we in the Marine Corps. Are we supposed to be all green? <laughs> he said, fuck that shit. We want to know where you stand uh, because you're black. And you say you're Latino because you speak Spanish, but who the hell are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm Latino, but I'm also black. Right. So I had I had more challenges with blacks from the u.s than i had with,
0: with whites from the u.s uh so when people ask me when they learn that i'm like hispanic the the first thing they want to know is why don't you speak spanish and i'm like i don't i don't really know i don't have anything to tell them so um tell them the truth What's tell the truth? them your mom and your
1: dad didn't bring you up in the house speaking spanish i mean why not why not what why didn't you speak spanish i grew up I, in my household speaking english so that's my first language mm. The matter, matter of fact, thinking about it, most of my Spanish was done
0: in school. Oh, to wow. be frank with you, it lost it lost me a lot of um, a lot of cool, sexy points um, because I wasn't able to speak the Spanish. Uh, you gotta speak Spanish to, to to get on something. Yeah, but when you when you come out of and you're like, "Yo, what's your name?" You're like, "Yo, my name is uh, Orlando Vicente," and they they look at you like, "Oh, well, you're faking what's it." What's coming next? And I'm like, "Ain't nothing coming next. This is all." <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll fake it, that's what you get. I mean, you I wasn't. You can back up what you fake. I wasn't faking it, I
1: was if just you, saying my if name if somebody asks you, 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 you say it in, in Spanish, you know, of course they went for something else. <laughs> you know, now if you say it in Spanish, it says, and that's about all you're going to get from me. <laughs> you know, you, 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 have, you, you have to let them know what's up. Uh, but by the way, yes, a lot of girls, they, they do like that. I know they do. I'm talking about experience. You know, you haven't had a, you I don't have any experience. In that. <laughs> Wait a minute.
0: So if you knew that, why did not you instill that in your sons? You didn't, you didn't toss us a little bone on that one. As far as tossing your bone,
1: uh, I felt, I, I did not, I did not see, I did not, matter of fact, I didn't talk to you guys that much. No, we didn't talk okay? that much. And, uh, that, that <laughs> in itself should tell you something. And, To be honest with you, I think I mentioned this to you before. As a father, I pretty much fake everything because I didn't know (laughs) how to be a father. And I used whatever background I could use to to make it work for me and my family. And the only background I knew was a military background.
0: Mm. All right, let's see. We'll do another question. Um, Ooh, here's a good one. Did you ever, and I always want to ask, but I'm always like, nah. Did you ever experiment with recreational, medicinals? Marijuana.
1: No. Drugs. I never smoke marijuana. Really? Never.
0: Like Bill Clinton never or like never, never?
1: (laughs) I don't know what big you mean by Bill Clinton but never, but when I say I never (laughs) smoke marijuana, that means I never puff whether was it inhale or exhale marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) And it was at my disposal. When
0: when have you ever felt overwhelmed?
1: I felt overwhelmed when I was uh, when I left the Marine Corps retired. I was going to school. I was working. Your mom wasn't working. That that was uh, that was those were very difficult times for me. Bills had to be still had to be paid. Mm-hmm. That was I live off my credit card. Or oh, let me rephrase that I live off my credit cards. Really? And yeah, that uh, I didn't know that.
0: I, that's one thing about you that I just, and to this day, I mean, I have a credit card now, but I mean, I just got it like a few years ago. And I, you know, use it, pay it, use it, pay it, like immediately. Um, so I, and, and I got that from you because I, I never saw you with credit card. And you actually told me, don't buy anything you don't have money direct for.
1: Yeah, I had, a, a, a during that period of time, I had about 13 credit cards. Damn. And that's how I was surviving. With the bills and stuff like that. Yeah. And so uh, so I, I did what I felt I needed to do, you know, to survive with my kids and my family. So that's what I did. Mm. Your mother didn't know I was going through a lot of heat. She didn't even know that. Mm. <laughs> well, you just, like, kept <laughs> it from you, if her? If you ask her, you know, where was the time when, you know, you was pretty much close to bankruptcy or getting kicked out of the house, that was the time. Oh, wow. She don't know that. And I always, uh, I always felt that if you guys don't need to know and experience you know, those crazy times, then then I'm not gonna tell you. I'm just gonna do what I need what I think I need to do. Whatever I think I need to do, I'm gonna do. Right. You know. Uh, I try not to expose you to violence or anything like that because I've seen I had my fair share of all that crazy stuff. I had my fair share of being a kid in in the house with my mom crying or, or freaking out because We're about to get kicked out, Mm -hmm. literally kicked out. So she had to move in the middle of the night, move somewhere else. Or uh, that wasn't a good experience for me because I always felt like uh, I always felt that I was defenseless. I wasn't uh, useless, and I I didn't I didn't like that because I couldn't do anything. Right, and I didn't feel after thinking about it and living life. I said no, that is not something that a child should lose an innocence about yeah I, I can
0: i never felt like uh anything was wrong or um if we i never felt like we were in in a bad place uh we were in a great place yes financial yeah. wasn't <laughs> was was that wasn't too pretty <laughs> was, was that during was that like uh like miracosta days yeah really right. interesting
1: Oh, it's Miracosa days. You know no question about that. Yeah. Uh, it took me it took me a while to pay off my credit cards and stuff. I paid off my credit card when the house was actually sold. That's when I pay off all my bills. Let me ask you about um
0: about college, about my college. What I know you didn't think I was ready. And I talked to my mom a little bit and, and it, it kinda felt like did you kinda try to get in the way of that? Did you did you voice your opinions strongly? I, I, I did. Yeah.
1: Maybe not strong enough but I did. You know. Uh I I understand her point of view. I respected her point of view and not to hinder your education and not for her to uh to feel uh feel that I was doing it out of spite or oh whatever was in her mind, you know. I don't know exactly what was on her mind but you know. Yeah, I don't think she thought that you were
0: trying to be spiteful or anything. I think she just thought you guys had a you know, a difference of opinions.
1: That's what it was. Different yeah. opinions.
0: Um but she felt really strongly and what was funny she said that she knew that once she made that decision uh that it was on her and that uh <laughs> not, to expect, <laughs> not to expect you to expect you to to uh, step in and try to start paying for whatever i guess
1: no matter what i was going to pay for it yeah in my own way i mean where's she going to get the money to pay for that and wh- where the money's going to come from okay if let's say for instance if she was paying half the rent yeah. if she was it, it wasn't that case we were paying a bill right okay something gonna have to be cut in order for you to be okay right you know what i'm saying you know if you have a car, who's paying for the car? Who's paying for the insurance? Right. You know? And I was assuming most of, those, most of those things, you know, in order for her to do what she did. See? So when, if you're living in a household and you have, you have a parent, two parents in there, and you go out to college and say, well, my mother or my dad paid for this, you're not giving the other credit? It's wrong. I mean,
0: at the time, I didn't. It, it, it's another thing. It's like, I, you guys both did a good job of hiding these things like I didn't know that there was some battle
1: going on behind me you know what I mean it was just like I I didn't see it as a battle you know you you mentioned a difference of opinion yeah there was a definite difference of of opinion you know I just didn't think that you know you were mature enough to to venture out like that what did where did
0: like if you had to do it like if it was you know Um, If this happened again or whatever, and you got your way, what path would I have gone down? Depends on you. Well, I mean, that's not entirely
1: true, but like. No, no, really. Nobody controls your destiny except for you, no matter what. You might not feel that way or you might not felt that way, but that's the truth. You did what you did in college. Whatever you felt like doing, you, you did it. I felt like i was pretty in control of my uh own
0: destiny when i didn't graduate uh how did, how did that go over what was that like
1: i was that like well it would have been great uh to be able to attend a graduation yeah say, that's my son up there yeah you know that didn't happen you know and he had the opportunity to do it he did not do it it was his choice i also have to respect that you know his choice because in life, I made a lot of choices, and now I weren't that great. Right. You know, and some, of our, some of people might say it was, it was an excellent choice or what the case might be. So you have to be able uh, to be willing in life when you move on, able to willing to stand up to your mistakes. If you make a mistake, okay, fine. What's, what's next? You're going to stay on the floor, and you're going to cry, you're going to get up, shake yourself off, and try to find another way.
0: I have another question for you. Um, so, what do you? There's a lot of um, Bibles. I mean, I think there's two Bibles sit on this table.
1: Yeah, I have, I have, I have Bibles. I have the Koran. You know, uh, I have literature from different from different uh, uh, religious group. What's your interest? As far as what? What's your
0: interest with the with the with these religious texts? Like, what do you? There,
1: there's there's a lot. There's a lot in the Bible and these religious texts. There's, I mean, that that's that's really could be great nourishment for many people. I like working with kids. I like working with young adults, and I find that the best way to work with them in in this country, based on my experience, okay, as far as local Panamanians, whatever the case might be, is through Christianity. So, it's it's a uh, It's it's not only a tool, uh, it's it's, it's not just a tool, it's not just a a resource that you might look at today and look at tomorrow. Mm. It it can be be something that they can actually live with their whole life and and make it grow within them, and they can grow with it. If they they adopt it in in a positive way. Always keep in mind the golden rule, okay? The way you like to be treated, then you treat others. Now, of course, if a person is, is not well mentally, emotionally, then that person might not necessarily uh, follow the golden rule because it, it just doesn't make sense to them or right. it's just not there for whatever reason. But for those uh, who are, are reasonable people, I think it'll work great.
0: Okay, that was pretty cool. So, in conclusion, and I don't think I've ever used that on this show before. But in conclusion, how old are you now? I'm sixty-three. So, I was born in fifty-four.
1: What? Yeah, I'm. am looking for your five-year plan. So, um, for right now, uh, my plan is to a, a travel, within my limits as much as I can enjoy life to the fullest, uh, try to live, try to be productive uh, in, in society, try to be productive to my family. Uh, uh, I, w- I would very much love to be, uh, I like to be in a mentor to, to them, mostly family members and also others. I, like to, I enjoy being a mentor, so kind of like I live by example. I'm mm-hmm. not perfect in any way, shape or form, uh, and I make that clear, okay? I always make it clear that, hey, you know, you're not looking at a perfect person. I, will, I am not perfect now, I was never perfect. And I have very seriously doubted if I'm going to be perfect tomorrow. It nice. just doesn't work that way. You will make mistakes, you know. And you get up, you dust yourself off, and you look up and it says, okay, so hmm, what's next? That was, that was interesting. Yeah. What's next? Do I have my down times, my, my, my sad moments? My little depression moments. Come on, I'm human. I have that. We all do. We we all do.
0: But yeah. Well, thank you. Have you enjoyed yourself?
1: When this uh, podcast stuff you call it? Yeah. This is all new to me, by the way. I'm old 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 school. I mean, just think of this as radio. That is like anybody could do it. I, I could tell I'm doing it. I feel I'm doing it because I asked you a few questions and all that good stuff. So <laughs> if you can do, so it. You could do that, I can do it. <laughs> so maybe I need to put that in my five-year plan. <laughs> there you go. You start your own
0: podcast. Actually, it'd be kind of cool because you have like a garden. You can talk about your garden. You can talk about your dog. You can talk about activities you do. You do a lot of stuff. You're pretty active.
1: Uh, I try to be. Listen
0: to your heart, your heart.
1: hey listen man i got work to do <laughs> I got, it's late i gotta get up early i got i got a full day tomorrow All right. my help is not coming in like she said she was so <laughs> oh yeah, yeah so okay uh again thank you thank, thank you, you. <laughs>
0: Want more? Head over to my IG page at tbs underscore podcast. Or if you have questions, there's somecollegeradio at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this episode with my dad, you might enjoy episode 12 when I interview my mom. She's funny. Subscribe and tell all your friends and family. The B-side is everywhere you listen to podcasts and a couple of shady ass places you don't. A big thank you to my dad, Orlando Thompson. Shout out to Brizo for the beat. This episode was produced and edited by some guy. And that guy is saying peace. Peace.